Thanks so much for joining us here on the Rivers Church Podcast. We see a church full of passionate people who reach the unchurched with the gospel of Jesus. Our heart is to equip people to love, live, and lead in God's kingdom. We hope you enjoyed today's message and pray that it encourages you to be all that God has destined you to be. If you need anything, please feel free to reach out to us and check us out on our website at riverschurch.co. That's riverschurch.co. Say, hey, how's your joy today, huh? Is it full? I, I, I hope so, and if not, that's okay, because today I believe God's gonna fill you with joy. You ready for this, Lord? Thank you so much for bringing us here today, Lord, and for those that are even listening and joining us uh, online, thank you for all of them, Lord. I pray that your incredible, abundant, unending joy would flood our hearts, would fill our lives, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen, you can have a seat. So before I dive fully into the message, I wanted to take a moment and share with you a very important announcement. We've been talking about Freedom Conference and how Freedom Conference is coming up in about five or, five or six weeks or so. And if you've been around here the last few weeks, you know we've said save the date, September 15th and 16th, Friday night, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon. And it's just something that we've done the last few years that we absolutely love. It is easily our favorite weekend of the year. Because what happens is we show up, we create this space on a weekend, and God shows up when we create space for him. And we see people being set free from hurts of the past, pain of the past. We see people getting healed of things. Uh, it's just amazing the freedom that comes when we just really seek God and give him the space to do so. And so uh, we're, we're going to do a little shift with our Freedom Conference. And so if you got the, the word this week, like we've got a special announcement tonight, you might have thought some of the other things we said were the special announcement. This is it. We're making a shift with Freedom Conference. And uh, it... We don't do this lightly because I don't want to stand up here and, and just change our mind at times on different things, but we really sense the Lord is in this, really believe this. So we are shifting Freedom Conference to really become uh, what is called Reset. And so we met with Reset Ministries. They have this retreat called Reset, and we just really felt that God was leading us to not just partner with them, but to join them. And so what happened is, you know, Pastor Amy and I, we got back last week, a couple weeks ago from vacation. And then last week we met with the leader of Reset. And the longer we were talking, the more we realized, like, I already loved your ministry, love what you're doing. We need to partner with you. We will partner with you. How is this going to look? Hey, do you want to come and do Freedom Conference with us? Because uh, I thought what they're doing is Freedom Conference and Freedom Course. This is exactly what they do. They're trained professionals that do this constantly, and once you know, they're just like right around the corner from us at 32nd and Greenway. That's where their station, that's where this ministry's headquarters is. They are so close to us, they are so like-minded, and it is exactly freedom ministry. And so Amy and I just felt just compelled, like, I think God's doing something here, let's bring it to the team. We prayed about it, and as a leadership team, we talked, we talked at length, we prayed about it, and just really felt like the Lord was saying, let's join forces with Reset Ministries, and so Freedom Conference is becoming a Reset Retreat, and we're going to go and we're going to join them at the Reset Retreat because, again, it's what they're doing at Reset is exactly like Freedom Conference, 
and they had actually already scheduled it for the same night, Friday night, Saturday morning, afternoon. Okay? So it was the exact same days, which I couldn't get them to Freedom Conference. Like, we're already doing our thing. Uh, could you move it to our church now? We've already booked it and all that kind of stuff. And so I, I tried hard to get it here. Okay? But we still felt like this is the right thing, the right time. Let's, in a sense, it's kind of a little pivot, a little bit of a change, but not a lot. Because we are still doing a type of Freedom Conference on the exact same days. Does that make sense? But it's now we're joining forces with Reset Ministries. We're doing the Reset Retreat. It's still in North Phoenix, not far from here. You'll hear more about this. You'll hear more about Reset Ministries because this is another reason we're doing a big party next week. So next week, we're calling it Back to the Church. So Shay just talked about that, right? So this is kind of a playoff of, you know, back to school. Everyone's going back to school right now. And uh, if you're not going back to school, you're affected by all the people going back to school. It's just because, you know, it's like the school calendar controls our lives, right? Whether you still have kids in school or not, it still controls our lives. Isn't that interesting? Like the school's rule is, what, is how it is. And so it's back to church, back to the church. And uh, maybe you've been online with us for a while. Come and join us next week. I just want to encourage you to be here next week. We are going to launch a five-week series that is all about reset, leading up to the reset retreat. And so here's my challenge to all of us. Would you make a decision? Would you commit to be here for the next five weeks? Because what they want you to do is they want you to be a part of these, these five teachings, these five experience that, experiences that prepare you for the reset retreat. And so we're going to do it on, on Sundays. We're going to make it easy for you. Not an extra night, not come out for this. Let's all do it together five weeks in a row. Next week, you will meet the leadership of Reset Ministries. They'll be here to kick off this series that will prepare us for the reset retreat. And so we thought, let's go all in. Let's throw a party. Let's have some fun. And Shay already said it. I'll say it again. Invite some people. Maybe you know some people that are hurting, that maybe feel lonely, that maybe feel distant from God. Great series to invite them to. Next week, we'll be talking about hearing from God, how to hear God's voice. And that's really the kickoff into you and I receiving from God. And let's be real, life happens. Maybe you've had a tough year. Maybe you find yourself at a place where you're, you're feeling hurt. You got some baggage you're carrying. You, just, you got some things that are just kind of hanging you up, holding you back. Jesus wants you free. Jesus wants to do something new in your life. And I promise you, what we go through with the reset teachings, the reset retreat, it will be good for all of us. And you will not regret showing up for the next five Sundays in a row and being a part of Reset Retreat. So the, same, the dates are the same. I would encourage you to make that the whole weekend clear because I'd love for us to show up here again on Sunday and let's celebrate all that God did at Reset. Even if you've done Freedom Conference, I say do this again because we all, like, we're all going to go and participate. Let's just make it a, a, just a, a whole six weeks. We're just saying, okay, God, here we go. I'm going all in with you. I want to see all that you have. I, I, what, However close you are to God, right now you can get closer. Whatever you've experienced of the Lord, you can experience more of Him, more of His freedom, more of His power, more of His love. There's more of God for you and I, and I just want you to experience that. And so the next five weeks, would you make a decision right now? I'm going to be here the next five weeks in a row and be at the Reset Retreat. Again, you'll hear more about all of that, more of the details, but we're going to kick it off with a party next week. Does that sound fun? All right, hey, now let's, talk, let's dive into the message here. Let's talk about joy. Here is the message, essentially, this morning. Joy is a natural byproduct of living by the Spirit. It happens naturally as you and I live by the Spirit. Joy is very important to God. 
God wants you to live a life of joy, to be filled with joy. It is all over his word. Like, listen to these scriptures here. Psalm 16, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. Nehemiah 8, do not be grieved for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Come on, some of you need to receive that right now, right? John 15, we just read this. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. The next chapter, Jesus says this, ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Romans 14, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. We could go on and on and on about the joy that God has for you, but just know this, it is God's desire for you to be filled with joy. And I pray that today you walk out with greater joy than maybe you walked in because God's gonna fill you with not just any joy, he's gonna fill you with his joy. So joy happens, it's a natural byproduct of living by the Spirit. And that's good news. Wanna know why? Because no matter what you go through in life, you can have joy. No matter what you're experiencing, it is possible to have the joy that God has for you because true joy it's not, uh, it's not an emotional thing. It's not based on circumstances. True joy is not based upon you and I getting what we want. It's not just on being successful in life. It's not, am I, am I experiencing pleasure, not experiencing pleasure? Uh, no, true joy comes from God. And so I think in order to understand this, it's important for us to know that you and I have three parts to our being. We have a body, a soul, and a spirit. We have three parts to our being. Each of the area of our life has a different type of satisfaction. Your body longs to be satisfied with pleasure. It longs for pleasure. Your soul wants happiness, but your spirit longs for joy. And when your spirit is connected to the Holy Spirit, then you can have joy because he is the source of joy. So let's, let's talk about this for a few moments here. Your body longs for pleasure. Have you ever realized this? Like, have you ever gone to a good masseuse and had a good massage, and you walked out of that place, and you're like, ah. Anybody? Anybody ever did that? It's like, your body's like thanking you, right? It's like, thank you so much. I wanted that. I needed that. Because your body is feeling so much pleasure in that moment. You're like, ah, that was great. Let's just go home and do nothing and just bask in the gloriousness of how this feels right now. Because I don't want to do anything to ruin this feeling. Right now, that's how you feel. Your body's like, yes, 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 yes. I'll never forget the first time I went to get a massage. I was in my early 20s. My mom had gifted me a massage, and I went to this lady in our hometown, really nice lady, a little different, but really nice. And so she looked at me and she said, okay, honey, feel free and take off as much clothes as you feel comfortable. And I'm like, uh, I'm pretty comfortable right now. Uh, I hadn't kind of thought about that part of the massage. Like, oh yeah. And so she walked out of the room after that moment. And I'm just like, uh, take off my shirt, lay on the bed. Okay, it's just, that's all I wanted to do. That's what I felt comfortable with in that moment with her. But that was my first massage experience. And I'm like, oh, that felt pretty good, actually. I kind of like this. And so whenever I get a massage, usually it's from my wife because she's really good at giving massages. And I just, I just, I, my body's like, thank you, thank you. I wanted that. Because our body longs for pleasure. It's why we also love good food. 
You love to taste good food. Your body is pleased with good food. Like even right now, as I think about, you, you think about good food, you're probably, your mind's wandering. What good food sounds good today to please my body? And your body is gonna scream for that. That's why it's not good to go shopping when you're hungry, right? Because then all of a sudden you're buying things that you shouldn't, things are looking good that didn't, like your body is like wanting pleasure. It enjoys good food. You remember when you got COVID, maybe not all of us got COVID, but a lot of people got COVID. One of the worst things about COVID was that whole taste issue. Remember losing your taste if you got COVID? That was horrible. Like once I recovered from COVID, which was pretty bad in and of itself, like for the next six months, I couldn't taste anything. That was like the worst part of it. I'm drinking my coffee in the morning. I'm like, yeah, this is just anticlimactic compared to what it was before. This used to be like the, like I would drink my coffee and start speaking in tongues. Like that's, it's like, oh, this is what I need. That's how I start my day. Such a spiritual thing. And it's like, this is like, yeah. Anybody experienced that? Some people still have the effects of that, which is, I feel bad for you. Like, I remember going to Paradise Valley Burger Company, and I'm like, usually my body's saying, this is the best burger on planet Earth. Just eat this as slow as you can because you want to savor this. And I went, I, like, I didn't taste good because I'm like, I'm still battling this taste issue. And I'm like, oh, why did I even come here? This isn't going to sit well later, I don't think. And so you know how food sometimes tastes good? Your body's like, thank you. And then later on, it's like, no, thank you depending on what you ate. It tasted good going in, but coming out, your body's like, eh, maybe that wasn't a good choice. Okay, so our body longs for pleasure. That's why we enjoy sex, because we were designed to experience pleasure in that. God designed us that way. Yes, I said sex. It is something God created. He invented sex. Come on, let's talk about how great God is. He is the author, inventor, like, it is his idea, okay? And so our body enjoys, that's how God made us. And so when that's done in the right and proper way, there's something beautiful and profound about that. Our body longs for pleasure. You know, whenever you exercise, your body's not thanking you. Have you ever noticed that? (laughs) And so we gotta train ourselves to think about doing things that are good for us, and we push our body physically, it's stressing our body out. And so our body's like, no, 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 no. But in the long run, it's good for us, right? And so that's just kind of an interesting thing there because exercise doesn't necessarily give our body pleasure, but it's good in the big picture for us. Then our soul, what's our soul long for? It feels satisfied when it's happy. And so when things happen that make me feel happy, then I'm happy. And so happiness is really all about happenings. It's all circumstantial. And so when things happy or happen that make me feel good, I'm like, oh, that's awesome. Then I feel happy. And then we just think that this is how I want to feel or should feel all the time. Like I saw this meme this week that to me was so funny. I didn't even think about it. Uh, copy and pasting it. And show, I should have copied and pasted it and showed it to you guys so I could, you could see it this morning. But uh, the meme was basically a kid in the backseat of the car crying, and the, the caption was, kid, after spending all day playing at Disneyland, five minutes into the car ride, says, we never do anything fun, you know, and is crying, and because, like, the dopamine of happiness was gone. And so then all of a sudden, life's horrible, this is, you know, it's no fun, you know, and so isn't that funny how, like, we love to feel happy, and there's a certain dopamine that hits us from happy. This is why, by the way, we go to our phones all the time. 
we just unconsciously, have you noticed yourself? You don't even think about it. And all of a sudden, you're just like, you have a moment, you, you get in line, it's like, start scrolling through. What happens unconsciously is your mind, your soul is saying, hit me with some dopamine, I wanna feel happy. We have trained ourselves to feel this way. And we don't even realize it. This is why technology and screens and social media, all that, it is so scary for us, guys, because we are addicted to it and we don't even realize it. But the whole chemistry and biology behind it is there's moments that make us feel happy. It's a dopamine hit and we keep going back to it because of that, because our soul longs to feel happy. Now, your soul consists of your mind, your will, and your emotions, all three of those things. Your mind, your thought life, your will, your decisions, your decisiveness, your desires, your wants, and your emotions, your feelings, all of that. And so sometimes we can allow our soul to lead our life. And the soul is a very important part of us. God gave us a soul. He wants us to enjoy things emotionally and have good feelings. He wants us to have good intellect. He wants, in fact, what he wants to do is transform our soul and our life is transformed by the renewing of our mind. Okay, Romans 12 right there. And so it's important that we have a renewed mind, a renewed soul, so that's in align with how God wants us to live because we can get out of whack with our soul and our soul can lead us down places that we shouldn't go. And our soul, again, all it wants is happiness. So it will long to take you to places that are not good for you but you just wanna feel happy. And so you go after whatever that is to make you feel happy in the moment. So here's the, the thing when you think about your spirit, your soul, and your body. If we only live according to the soul, we'll only experience happiness. If we only live according to the body, we'll only experience and pursue pleasure. But if we live by the spirit, that's when you and I can experience joy. And joy is possible no matter what your circumstances are. Even if you don't feel happy, you can have joy. Even if you're in a season that is unpleasant and you're, you're, maybe your body is hurting, there's not pleasure for your body, you can still have the joy of the Lord because joy is not circumstantial. It depends upon God and God never changes. Aren't you thankful for that? He never changes. Joy for you and I depends upon our, our personal relationship with Jesus. And it comes as you and I learn to abide in him. As you and I grow in connecting and living life with him, we can find joy through all the ups and downs in life. So that's why I say joy is a natural byproduct of living by the Spirit. It just happens naturally. It's not something we have to force, we can conjure up. It's not something I earn. If I'm good today, God, will you fill me with joy? No, it's just you and I staying connected to him. I love this Psalm, Psalm 44, and David wrote in verse four of that, he says, then I will go to the altar of God, to God my exceeding joy, and I will praise you with the lyre, O God, my God. You know, when you read these Psalms, you can see the humanity of David and all the other psalmists, right? They're like crying out, like kill my enemies, you know, I'm discouraged, you know? and then they, they, they culminate with, but God, you are awesome, I come to you, Lord, fill me, you are my God, you know, and so David's doing that right here, right? It's always good to know the context of what's going on as they're writing this psalm. And so David, right here, is in a very low moment of life. He's discouraged, probably even depressed. His enemies are out to kill him. He's alone. He feels like this is the end. Life is not looking good for David. You ever been there? 
You ever been in moments like that? You ever been in seasons like that? This is where David is right here. And what does David do? He doesn't cry out, just, oh, woe is me. Kill everybody, Lord. Take them all out, Lord. They deserve it. No, no. He's, he's, he expresses his emotions, but he comes back to God. I am running to you. He's saying, God, you're the answer. As I walk through this season of my life, it's not encouraging. It's not pleasing. It is not happy. What I'm going to do is I'm going to go to you, God. You're the answer. You are my source. And what does he say? He says, I go to the altar of God. That's what we need to do. What's the altar? The altar is just a place of surrender. It's a place of submission. It's a place of sacrifice. I just come to you, God, and I recognize, God, this is not about me. Life is not about me. This situation is not about me. I give myself to you. That's why we love calling this place the altar. An altar can be anywhere, to be honest. You can have an altar in your bedroom, in your car. I call this the altar because oftentimes we love just to respond and say, God, I just want to go and just kneel, worship, surrender, just give my life to you. The altar really is a place where God alters your life. And so David says, I am running to the altar of God. And then he calls God my exceeding joy. Don't you love that? God, my exceeding joy. So joy for David was found in God, not his circumstances. So I think we should follow the example of David, don't you? Let's allow God to be our exceeding joy. What if that's who God was for you and to you? He is your exceeding joy. Like, God, I'm going through a tough season. Life's really busy. I want nothing more than just to run to you, run to your presence and just spend time with you. Because, God, you are all the joy that I need. You are my joy. Like, what if that's who he was? That's who he wants to be for you. That's who I pray he is for you, that he is your exceeding joy. Not just joy, but exceeding joy. That's who God can be in our lives so that you can find joy no matter what you go through. And you can find it from God. The good news is this. When you receive joy from God, it's continual. It's unending. Uh, There is no limit to his joy. You can always have it. It will never run out. In fact, one of the characteristics of spiritual maturity is that you and I have the ability to find joy from God no matter what we go through in life. This is a characteristic of maturity. Can you find joy in God no matter what you go through in life? It's possible, but it shows maturity. And here's why. Because maturity is really about making the right choices. It's about putting myself in the right place, the right position to receive from God what he has for me. Maturity is understanding that delayed gratification is far better than pleasing myself in the moment. That takes maturity though, right? Because we want to please ourselves. We want to pursue that little dopamine hit that makes me feel happy, whatever it is, but that's momentary. That won't last, but joy has an, or God has an unending joy for you and I. And it takes maturity to go to him and receive that from him, right? Maturity is about recognizing I'm living by the flesh right now and I need to live by the spirit. I'm living according to my sinful nature. I need to crucify that again. God, forgive me. I surrender to you. I submit to you. I want to live by you, Holy Spirit. Fill me right now. Fill me again. Lead me and guide me and help me as I make this decision because I want to be led by you, not my flesh. So maturity really is when the fruit 
all the fruit of the Spirit are naturally coming out of our life. Because the fruit of the Spirit are markers of maturity. If the fruit is naturally coming out, that shows I, I, I'm growing in maturity. Now, please understand we'll never be perfect in this, right? And every time I'm not perfect, it's just an opportunity for me to learn, to grow, and realize I just need to continue to rely on the grace of God. And so when this happens again, I just, I just pray, God, help me. I want to be filled and led by the Spirit so the fruit comes out of my life because it is a marker of maturity. So it's not just having joy no matter what I go through in life, but it's loving people who hurt me. That shows maturity, right? It's can I have gentleness when someone's rude to me? When I feel like not having gentleness, you know what I'm talking about? Like they deserve a little something, something from me right now. Can I have patience when I feel like it's taking way longer than it should? I'm like, this should happen now. This is not fair, which life isn't fair. But we just kind of get this like, now, 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 why, why? And I love your story, Shay. That was such an amazing story that you shared with us today. I've never heard that before. That's incredible. Praise God. And thanks for sharing that today because you were struggling with the whole patience thing, right? And so when you're waiting, you're waiting, you're waiting, you're like, it should happen now. Uh, I felt like God promised. Maybe, do I hear something? I deserve this. All those things can patience still come out of my life, even in those moments? So the fruit of the Spirit really are markers of maturity that no matter what's going on, the fruit is coming out. So joy is a natural byproduct of living by the Spirit. All the fruit of the Spirit are a natural byproduct of living by the Spirit, right? So we've been in this series all summer, Abide or Die. This is the end. We've come to the end now of Abide or Die. It's been really a fun summer series. I've really enjoyed this. We've walked through the nine fruits of the Spirit, but it has been more than a fruit of the Spirit series. It's been understanding what are they all about, what's the, what do they mean, and that the fruit of the Spirit happen as you and I do this thing called abiding. Abide in Christ. And Jesus said this. Look at this again. John 15. I am the vine. You are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Okay, let me read this again. This is very familiar to a lot of us, so sometimes we tune these things out, okay? Like I've heard this again, Brian, Branch, all that, I got this, okay? Okay, listen, listen. Jesus says, I am the vine. Now, by the way, it's very likely that Jesus is looking at some vine branches right here with some fruit, with some grapes on it, growing or they're ripe, whatever. He's, this is the night before he goes to the cross. It's very likely that he's having a dialogue with his disciples as they're walking to the Garden of Gethsemane. He was about ready to pray all night long because he doesn't feel like going to the cross, but he knows he needs to. And it's, it's likely that they stopped and he just kind of said, hey guys, a little illustrated sermon right here for you. See this vine and branches and stuff? I'm the vine. And these little things here, these branches, these are, this is you. So, listen to this verse again. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. And I think sometimes we gloss over the whole I and I in him part. We always think about the, I gotta abide in the Lord, I gotta abide in the Lord. But Jesus says, whoever abides in me and I in him or her. 
That's, this is a big part of this. Don't forget about the truth, the powerful truth of Christ in you. Christ lives, dwells in you. This isn't just about you and I, we gotta do this, gotta, I gotta abide with him, I gotta spend time with him. No, this is about also him with us. This is the cool thing about Christianity, right? When you and I recognize that we're sinners, we've rebelled against God, we deserve death, but Jesus paid the penalty of our sin on the cross. He died, he took our place. Then he rose from the dead, proven that he is God, and we say, Jesus, I believe in what you did for me. Thank you for dying for my sin. I deserve to be there. But forgive me for my sin that puts you on the cross. I believe, I commit my life to you. In that moment, God's presence comes and sets up residence in our life. That's just amazing, isn't it? And so Jesus is really alluding to that. Whoever abides in me and I in him, don't forget that God, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit lives in you. This is a mutual two-way thing. God doesn't want to just love you. He doesn't want to just be with you. He's not just for you. He is in you. This is a profound and powerful truth. He who abides in me and I in him. And it says, you do that, you're going to bear much fruit. So we can easily equate that to the fruit of the Spirit. It means much more than just the fruit of the Spirit, but as the fruit of the Spirit comes out, we, that's evidence, right? That I, can, I know I'm doing this. I'm abiding with him. And then he says something very interesting. Apart from me, you can do what? Whoa. That's kind of strong language there, Jesus. Nothing? Are you sure? I can do nothing. I'm pretty sure I put my clothes on this morning. I don't think you did that. I drove here today. Did you do that, Jesus? You know, what's Jesus mean by this? Apart from me, you can do nothing. You ever wrestled with this? Like, you even look around the world. There's people who don't believe in Jesus. They don't want to believe in him. They don't have a relationship with him. And they're doing successful things. They're doing some stuff. They're doing what a lot of us might say. That's pretty good stuff. And apart from Jesus, they're doing something. In fact, they're doing a lot of somethings. So, like, what's the deal here, Jesus? What do you mean I can do nothing? from you. What is Jesus getting at here? What I think Jesus is saying is this. Apart from him, you and I can do nothing of kingdom significance. Nothing of eternal value. And that's really Jesus's focus. His kingdom. Not our happiness. His kingdom. That's his focus. So if we're apart from him, then we're not really living by the Spirit. We're not abiding in him, and so we're not doing things for him in his kingdom. We're just doing it in our flesh, out of our sinful nature, and we're not helping the kingdom. That's why we gotta be connected to him, abiding in him, because then we can do things of kingdom significance. And that needs to be our focus. Jesus said, seek first his righteousness and his kingdom. Let's be kingdom first, people. That's why I think it's good for us to spend our first part of our day in the morning, just seeking him, putting him first, seek first his kingdom. We gotta be kingdom-minded first and foremost. Did you know that it's possible that you and I could be a worldly success but not a kingdom success? And the truth is we get caught up in worldly success. That's what we are enamored by. That's what we long for. We love it when people look at us and say, wow, look at you, you're a hard worker. You've climbed up to 
you know, the leadership ladder, the corporate ladder, you've, you're successful, you've grown this business. Look at, like, we love that. Look at how popular. We love fame. We love people looking at us and thinking that we're something. It feels good, doesn't it? Come on, let's be real. Come on, let's be honest, right? Feels good. We long for that. And so if we're not careful, we will find ourselves pursuing worldly success at the cost of kingdom success. And Jesus wants you and I to focus on him and his kingdom. That's what he's longing for, that you and I would be so connected to him that our passion, our, our pursuit would be Jesus and his kingdom and his mission. And he, oh, by the way, you can be a kingdom success and a worldly success, but we don't want to pursue the worldly success. We pursue the kingdom success, right? And whatever you are, if you're successful in his kingdom, you're successful, and that's all that matters. The world might look at you and think you're weird. The world might look at you and think you're not a success, but if you're a success in God's kingdom, then you're a success, my friends, and that's all that matters. We need to break the fear of man over our life and not allow the pressures of this world to pursue these things that are not good for us, that leave us still feeling wanting and just... Find that joy in being successful in the kingdom of God. His principles are different than the kingdom of this world. His values are different than the kingdom of this world. So I pray that you're a kingdom success. You might also be a worldly success. I don't know. But be a kingdom success. I pray that for all of us. And really all depends upon what, what do we want to live for. What do you want to live for? So this is why we need to abide in him. Jesus says, abide in me. I came across the picture of this branch here this last week. And this branch here, you can see it's like, it's still kind of connected, right? But not fully. And, and I thought to myself, I wonder if this describes way too many of us Christians. I'm connected to Jesus, not fully, but I'm still connected. Like I'm doing some things to seek Jesus, maybe I go to church, maybe I just have some habits that are just a small portion of my life, but it's not, I'm not all in. This could be a picture describing way too many Christians today. It's like I'm kind of connected, but not fully. And Jesus wants you to go all in. Like he went all in for you, and he's calling you and I to go all in for him. Now you think about this branch, is it gonna make it? Do you think it'll live? The whole series we've called Abide or Die. The truth is, the chances of this branch making it are pretty slim. It's probably going to die. That's why we got to abide. we got to connect. Now, this branch could be regrafted, could be healed. It could be connected. Like Jesus wants to do that for us no matter where we're at right now so that you can experience the life and the joy that he has for you. This picture right here, a picture of the grapevine, the fruit, this is what he wants you to look like. That's just fruit coming out of your life. There's beauty to this, isn't there? There's beauty. God wants you to have fruit coming out of your life because you're connected to him. That only happens as we abide. So what does it mean to abide? It's important we hit this again, just to remind us, to reiterate this. To abide literally means to remain. Some of your translations might say that, to remain in me, Jesus says. To relax, I love that definition, to dwell or stay connected to Jesus. That's what it means to abide. So can I just say we're at the end of this series. This really is a really good segue into the next series, by the way. I promise you, you're really going to enjoy and get a lot out of the next five weeks leading up to the reset retreat. But this week, 
as we've spent nine weeks talking about the fruit of the Spirit, abiding in Christ, living by the Spirit, all that kind of stuff, can I just say, let's live this out. Like, let's not make this like, that was a good Sunday, a good message, abide in Christ, this is important. Like, let's, let's do this. How are you gonna abide in Jesus this week? How are you gonna remain in him? How are you gonna relax in him? In fact, let me just encourage you right now just to relax in him. This is a moment just to abide. Relax in him. Dwell. It's staying connected. How does this look? This is how it looks. It looks like focused, intentional time with Jesus. I believe we need that. This time set apart where I'm just being with him as well as staying connected to him throughout the day. It's a both and thing, right? Some of us, we get so busy, it's like, I'm just gonna kinda like pray throughout my day and just like kind of include God in my busy life, but I think we need to have these moments where we stop, we, we get going to God's word, like you wanna grow, you gotta hear from God in his word, and then just spend time just to listen to him. Maybe you're gonna journal, maybe you're gonna uh, meditate on some scriptures. You just, there's so many things that you and I can do. As I was talking to my disciple maker group last, a couple weeks ago, I was sharing with them what I love to do with my devotional life. There's all these different elements of praying, reading, meditating, memorizing, studying, journaling, all these things. But my whole goal is just to enjoy God. Because we can get religious with all that stuff, right? Like I have to read this much of the Bible and if I don't, I'm gonna feel horrible the rest of the day. Like, I'm a horrible Christian. I didn't read a whole chapter of the Bible this morning. God, please forgive me and don't send me to hell. Honestly, some of us can go there. The goal is just enjoy him. Enjoy being with him. That's really the goal. And then from there, it's, it's Holy Spirit, fill me. I think we need that to be part of our, our morning. Holy Spirit, fill me and lead me today. I don't wanna do anything in my own strength. I want you to strengthen me. That's what I want. I want you to lead me. Help me in all of this. And then I'm gonna, I'm gonna stay connected to him throughout the day. Maybe it's short prayers. It's, it's thank yous. It's God help me. It's maybe moments where I just kind of stop and just reflect. Uh, I'm, you know, I love what Paul said, pray without ceasing. Yeah, that can be a part of it too. All of that's important. But that's, we need both of those things to take place in our life. Because we can't just fall. Like we're all busy, guys, right? We're busy. This is what I'm saying now, five weeks from now, create some space, September 15, 16, and even 17, for God to do something new in your life. Because we're busy. We've got to plan these things out. And maybe that means you and I have to say no to some things so we can say yes to what God has for us. Now, let's be real. Your body and your soul is going to scream against you sometimes when you're trying to make decisions to grow closer to the Lord. I don't feel like doing that. I'm tired. Your body will say, I'm tired. I need some sleep. You ever notice that? That battle there? <laughs> can happen for all of us. So abiding in Christ. Abide or die. But abiding in Christ really is this. It's living by the Spirit. So Jesus told us his words, abide in him, right? But then he left. <laughs> and he sent his Spirit. And Paul has taken this a step further. And so he's saying... Live by the Spirit. So let's look at Galatians 5 again, just one last time before we conclude. Galatians 5. Verse 16, Paul says, So I say, live by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the sinful nature. You won't gratify the desires of the flesh. So we want to live by the Spirit. So how do I know I'm doing that? 
How do I know I'm living by the Spirit? That's the question. Two main evidences that you and I are living a Spirit-filled life. Number one is, just simply, is the Holy Spirit leading me towards Him, to holiness? He is the Holy Spirit. Come on, friends, if there's not a longing in us to be more like Jesus, then we're not living a Spirit-filled, Spirit-led life. If there's not a longing in us to be holy, to be more like Him and to get closer to the Lord, if that, if, there, if that longing is gone, then I'm living according to my flesh. I'm living according to my soul or my body. And I want to live by the Spirit and let the Spirit lead me. The Spirit is holy. This is what I pray for constantly. God, I want to see revival. I want to see it in your life. I want to see it in your family. But here's what I long to see, a revival of holiness. You don't hear much about that, but I, I'd love to see a revival where young people and old people alike, they want nothing more than I just want to be holy because God has called me to be holy. The second evidence is simply the fruit of the Spirit are coming out of your life, right? How do you know you're living a Spirit-filled life? Are the fruit coming out? Now, now, the truth is, fruit's coming out. Fruit always happens, right? It just comes. So what fruit is it? Is it the fruit of the flesh or is it the fruit of the Spirit? That's the question, and so... For the rest of Galatians 5, Paul goes on to talk about the fruit of the flesh. Then he goes on to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, the nine fruit of the Spirit. But here's the deal. When we live according to the flesh or our sinful nature, like I said, we're letting the body or the soul lead us. If this whole spirit, soul, body stuff is confusing, if this is new for you, come for the next five weeks and we're going to talk about it more because this is so important for us to understand. Remember, your body longs for pleasure. Your soul longs for happiness. You don't want to just make that the thing that you only pursue in your life. Now, here's the good news. God wants you to experience pleasure. Aren't you glad? God wants you to be happy, but he doesn't promise you'll always be happy. God doesn't promise you'll always experience pleasure, but he does promise joy. That's why it's important for you and I to live by the Spirit so we can receive the joy that God has for us. That's the only thing he promises Psalm 16, you make known to me the path of life. In your presence, there is fullness of joy. Come on, don't you want to live in that place? Fullness of joy in his presence. That's where we find fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. So this week, take some time. This week, take some time to enjoy the presence of God, okay? Enjoy the presence of God. There can be fullness of joy in your home because the presence of God is there. There can be fullness of joy at your workplace, in your car, in your room, because the fullness of joy, uh, because of God's presence, right? So all, all we need to do is say, God filled me, filled this place with your presence. And in his presence, there's what? Not just joy, fullness of joy. Come on, that's what God has for us. That's what he wants for you. So we want to live by the Spirit, seek the Spirit. Joy is a natural byproduct of all of that. The fruit of the Spirit is a natural byproduct of all that. I pray that this week is filled with joy. In fact, let me just add one more thing. Maybe you want to come here on a Tuesday night and just pray and seek God and enjoy the presence and the fullness of joy. We've got an encounter night this Friday night. Maybe you want to show up. I love bringing my family to prayer and worship nights. Yeah, I just love it. There's something fun about it's been a long week. I know it's busy. You're going to be tired. Your body will say, don't go Friday night. 
Your soul will probably say, eh, there's better, more fun things we can do. Your, let your spirit lead, okay? And maybe you have obligations, I get that. But we just wanna make decisions based upon the spirit, not feelings. And I just love it. In his presence, there's fullness of joy. And here's the good news. Joy feels good. So here's what I want you to reflect on. Activation. Activation. What's the Spirit speaking to me right now? What's he speaking to you about? How can you live this out? How can you abide in him this week? How should I respond to this message? Is there an action for me to take, a change? Thanks again for listening to this message at Rivers Church. We'd love to have you subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already. To learn more about what's going on in the life of our church community, check us out at riverschurch.co. I pray that this week you would walk in the power and the presence of God. Thanks for joining us.